Hey, this is uh, Small Bites. We're on Wildfire Radio. Uh, my name is Glenn Gross. I own Fat Jack's Barbecue in Philly and New York, and uh, Fat Jack's Chicken and Biscuits in Philly as well. Uh, hey, you know, I'm a little ticked off uh, at the weather people 
and uh, we were really expecting a whole lot of rain, and it didn't rain. So they lied to us. Derek, what do you think? I think we have a fantastic show lined up. Ah, Derek on, Tim man. of BlueJeanFood.com. Glenn, if you live your life wanting to follow the weather people, you'll be sorely disappointed. Yes, I know. The large majority of, uh, <laughs> of the time. Uh, but what a song to start Small Bites out before. That was uh, Nancy Siriani. She's actually going to be calling in, in in a little while. But to start things off, we as we always do, uh, we have John Howard Fusco he got it right. online with us of the Carrier Post and Nightlife Correspondent and New Jersey Monthly. Now, John, I want you to put into your news report. Uh, Glenn did not bring any samples once again of Fat Jack's <laughs> Chicken and Biscuits. We're still waiting. Please put it in the notes of the news. Please. I have two tacos in the <laughs> truck. Uh, John, what's hot this week? <laughs> so anyway, the big news, of course, in the Philly food scene has been the announcement that uh, Jose Garces was selling his restaurant group and filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Uh, this comes on the heels of word that a group of investors in his restaurant company were suing to have Garces removed from the company. And, of course, this all stems from issues with uh, a lot of money owed to food vendors, uh, which has been well reported. So this story is far from over, though we should sure be more to come in the upcoming weeks. Uh, some openings to talk about. We have Barata. This is a new Italian BYOB. It just opened on May 1st in South Philly on 13th and Wharton. Yes, there will be a burrata appetizer on the menu, uh, served with tomatoes, prosciutto, and a fig balsamic vinegar. Uh, the menu as a whole is small, but has a lot of uh, infused pasta dishes on that menu. So that's burrata that just opened this past week. Uh, Brickwall Tavern, which has uh, locations in Burlington and Asbury Park, has come over the bridge and has opened its first Philly location on Sansom Street. Uh, this is a massive space. Uh, it's 10,000 square feet and probably could hold the dining areas of the two other restaurants combined. Uh, this, the restaurant bar just had its opening on this past Friday. I want to talk about Tasty Soul Food. This is an upscale soul food eatery that has recently opened on North 52nd Street and is opened right next door to the original Tasty's Takeout place. So that's Tasty Soul Food. Uh, over the bridge onto the Jersey side of things, if you're heading down to the shore this summer, uh, look for Kitchen 330 in Stone Harbor. This is a new upscale casual American restaurant that has a focus on local and seasonal foods. And also look for an opening of Oyster Creek Brewing in Waretown. They'll be having their opening on May 12th. Uh, as the name indicates, all the beers are going to have a nuclear theme, including heavy water Irish ale, cold fusion coffee milk stout, and yellow cake cream ale. So again, that's Oyster Creek Brewing opening in Waretown, uh, this Saturday, which I hopefully will be able to make it out for. Uh, more articles of interest coming up from this past week. We'll be posting later on tonight, hashtag Small Bites Radio, including a new live poultry market coming to Philly, and the ongoing struggle between Wawa and Sheets. There's a new article about that. So again, those will be posted on later on tonight. I heard the poultry market's uh, prices are cheap! <laughs> Like cheap, that, cheap. <laughs> like that, like that one, Glenn. No, I didn't. No. It came from you. <laughs> and you, you forgot to mention, John, that the real breaking news is that your wife liked the whole fish from Miriachi Mount Laurel. That's the that's that's the most important. Yes, yes, that was that, that's very breaking news. Yes, she just sampled some now and she <laughs> gave it a thumbs up. So <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, uh, we hope she enjoys the whole fish, and also uh, we want to wish her and all of the mothers out there a happy Mother's Day. And yes. as such, we will not be having a show next week so we'll talk to you in two weeks john so you can have right, the, you, you can have next week off all right there you go have a good one take it easy so take care. 
so anyway, so uh, just so you know, I won't see you next week. My birthday's next week. Oh, happy birthday. That's, that, well, that's the real reason why I... That's I, why, I, right. Yeah, I, you, I, I didn't want to get you a gift. You, well, but I thought you planned this really big, big surprise party. Isn't I did. that true? Uh, yeah. Surprise. Nobody's going to be there. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so anyway, hey, listen. Uh, <clears throat> what we have here today, we have uh, a, a guy that's been here before. His name is depending on how you want to pronounce it, and we'll let him tell you. His name's Dominic Crimi, and he owns Capuccio's Meats on 9th Street in the Italian market. So how do you want us to pronounce your name? I grew up pronouncing it Creamy. Okay. So we'll stick with that, because from what I hear, in the uh, Italian language, the eyes are... Long, so their eyes are e instead of <laughs> that, that, That's what they, the so, eyes are long. Yeah. Well, yours are, I can tell. <laughs> so we'll stick with creamy. Okay, I, I'm, I'm good with that. What do you think, Justin? So I have to agree with how it's pronounced. I took Italian all through high school and for three years in college. So uh, I'll definitely go with that. I'll go with, with creamy. There so that, that that he's qualified. So guess what? And, and that was that's our producer right. engineer extraordinaire tonight because Taylor's not in. That is uh, right. Justin. Welcome, Justin, to all of our uh, fans. Hello, the millions and millions of fans that are listening to you right now are probably very impressed <laughs> with, with your comments. Uh, good. I'm no. trying trying to trying to bring some uh, some insight to the show. Well, and you did. Very good. So, so Dominic, what's going on, buddy? So, um, well, we're getting ready for the Italian Market Festival in two weeks, May 19th and 20th. Okay. Which is uh, lots of great food. We will be there grilling uh, about six flavors of our homemade Italian sausage. We, uh, we make about 35 in the shop. And at any one point in time, we have most of the sausage of, of the flavors there. And uh, the festival, we will have six flavors. What flavors are you going to have at the festival? Hot and hot and mild, traditional with fennel, mm-hmm. broccoli rabe and provolone, mm-hmm. our number one seller. Followed by the spinach and provolone. Spinach, spinach and provolone. Mm-hmm. They're all pork sausages. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that don't like broccoli rabe, like me, spinach is the one. I don't like either, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, we'll do uh, uh, beer and garlic. So our beer is oh. Guinness Stout. That sounds Yum. good. Fresh garlic. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a wine sausage with really? a tan red wine, Ooh. fresh basil with a little fennel. Very popular. It's all, all made in-house, right? All made in-house. Wow. We're, we are making them right now as we speak. Mm-hmm. Within the next week, we'll have them all finished. And the following week, we will cut them to size, portion them. How big is your portion? Uh, five inches. Okay. And a roll. My wife does all the peppers and onions, gets them all prepared. Mm-hmm. All fresh, right? All fresh peppers and onions from the market. We, uh, we cut them up, we saute them, and then serve them with the uh, sandwiches. Very cool. How much are you going to get for a sandwich? Sandwich is eight. Okay. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much what everybody's charging, you know, for, yeah. for different things. <clears throat> well, especially since it's fresh. I mean, right. yeah, <laughs> the people, people are charging eight to ten dollars, and it's frozen. Yeah, no, no. Have, I mean, we do street fairs and festivals. I get six mm-hmm. to eight for a sandwich, and that's mm-hmm. you know, you know, we do a six ounce sandwich. So you're you're right on the money. You you were thinking of doing night market, correct? We did one last year. How was it? Uh, it was great. In the time market on Washington Avenue mm-hmm. it was very good for us. It's our type of crowd. So night market really is what we we like to uh, promote. Millennials come out, right. and they love our product. We uh, we promote to them. 
they're a big part of our customer base. And uh, we have a we have a pretty big following with them, and, and, and you get to show off too. I mean, think about it for a minute. You, you're out there, you're putting out your best product. Absolutely, you get to pass out menus, you get to pass out flyers. You mm-hmm. you, you, you probably get some catering out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I love street fairs and festivals. It's our biggest promotion. Yep, the Italian Market Festival is our biggest promotion for the year. Mm-hmm. It reminds people, and we're talking some sixty to eighty thousand people over the course of two days. Right, that. Uh, we're still there. The Italian market, is, 9th Street, South 9th Street is still in business. Uh, we're thriving. We're doing well. Um, some of the traditional families are still there. We, a lot of them are third generation like myself. Mm-hmm. We, um, uh, we're working hard to, uh, to keep tr- tr- keep the tradition alive. Well, that, you have to because, look, you've been there for how many years? We'll be, we're 98 this year in wow. September. Um, you look damn good for doesn't he you. <laughs> well, you ought to see my mom. We took my mom out for dinner last night for a pre-Mother's Day dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's 91. Wow. She was born on the second floor of the shop. Her parents started a business, 1920. Wow. Uh, my grandparents came from Italy in the early 1900s and settled on the street. And my grandparents met on the street, got married on the street, and opened for business the next day. And my mother's 91. She's got her own special chair, and she meets and greets the customers. And when she's not there, they want to know where she is. Very she cool. Is. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so do you do, uh, do you do catering, a lot of catering? We don't do much catering. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's our that's our next step. Mm-hmm. We'd like to get into catering. Uh, we'd like to get into, uh, like, uh, catering and, and, a, and a takeout luncheonette, mm-hmm. hopefully uh, next door to our business. We have a property that we run, that we own, and we'd like to. Yeah, if you can, if you can pull that off, that especially down there, mm-hmm. it would be awesome. It we've really lost, would. we've lost a couple takeout restaurants, mm-hmm. and so we'd like to bring back some of that. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, have you have you given much thought to the to the takeout restaurant? It's in its inception at this point. What are you looking at? We're in the thought process. Of? Well, my wife wants to do. So originally, we thought about grilling the sausage that mm-hmm. we make in the shop mm-hmm. as a as a an offshoot you know promoting the product You're talking like a, a flame grill or a flat top a flame grill okay preferably mm-hmm. um, and then uh, you know maybe hoagies okay because she's she, we're lacking a good hoagie shop are you really in the Italian market right now so uh, maybe hoagies how many restaurants do you think are in the Italian market mm, ballpark well you got you got Ralph's you got Villa Roma um, you, you, you got about 10, okay. 10 good restaurants, and but, but takeout, I mean, like luncheonette style takeouts. Not much. Not, you don't have much. Yeah. Much. You know, that's a, for you, that would be a, a, an untapped market that would mm-hmm. really probably set you apart. And that's what we're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And if, you know, your, your, your food is great anyway. So, you know, why Thank not you. take that and pass it on to the public even yeah, more? Exactly. You know? So we'll see what happens. We're, we're, right now, we're in the talking stage, and, you know, we want to do it. And it's just a matter of logistics right now. What else do you do uh, besides, uh, obviously, your signature is uh, uh, sausage. Right. What else do you do besides sausage? Well, we're a full-blown, old-fashioned butcher shop. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the shop since I was five. I was five. I sold shopping bags on the step mm-hmm. and uh, out front for a nickel apiece. And as I got older, I did everything in the shop, from cleaning to um, to uh, everything else. And so now I run the business. Mm-hmm. We... Uh, so what sets us apart a little bit is that we deal in whole sides of beef. Okay. We get whole sides of beef delivered from her potato chips people 
They have a Black Angus cattle ranch about a mile from the potato chip factory. I did not know that. And uh, exactly one mile from the potato chip factory is their ranch. And uh, as part of their uh, finishing process of the diet, not only do they eat potato chips, eat grain and corn and everything, they do potato chip pretzels, peanuts. They call it a party mix. And uh, everything's nutritionist based. Mm -hmm. It's high protein. So the ranch works with a nutritionist and they work with a... um, uh, a chip around the cattle's neck, so the rancher knows by the computer how much each cattle's eating. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow! So he can control the amount of grain, the amount of back fat for each steer. That's very, that's very cool. And he knows all the cattle, and they know everything. Mm-hmm. Wow! He knows everything. Yeah. He knows when the cattle were born, how long they've grazed, how long they've been with their mother. Wow! How long they've eaten, and uh, so we get whole sides of beef, and I break it all down, and we sell it in a shop like that. Cool. One thing you're known for. Dry aged steaks. Yes, one of the premier shops. Tell tell us because I, I love a dry aged steak. Well, we age our beef. No and less. We're upset that you didn't bring one with you. Uh, <laughs> he said, "Well, he, he he was hoping that you'd bring the chicken and biscuit. That was that was the deal breaker." <laughs> I wasn't there today. <laughs> well. Uh, if we if we had a grill, I would have been happy to grill for you right outside. <laughs> Not in here. But I outside. have a grill. Well, should have, should, where is well, it? It's, it's not here. At the restaurant. Oh, well. I mean, it's portable. Not I'll, doing I'll, me any good Next here time now. you come, I'll, I'll bring All it. All right, next time you come, we'll do one. I got you. So, um, you know, our prime ribs are uh, porterhouses, T-bones, and New York strips. Mm-hmm. We'll age them for about four to six weeks on average. Uh, I prefer about eight weeks. Okay. Now, we've had a couple customers that decided to test to see how long they could age. So, they bought whole prime ribs. And asked us to age them for them. How much is a whole aged prime rib? Ballpark. Well, they bought them fresh, so they didn't buy them aged. Okay. Okay. So they spent about three fifty. Okay. We age them for them. They come in at their leisure, and we slice them however much they want off, mm-hmm. and the rest of it we put back on the rack to continue the aging process. Very okay. cool. Now Very we've cool. we had our first one to finish about sixteen months. Seven about that, sixteen really months. that long. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. How was it? Did you taste it? Uh, I did not taste it. About, you typically lose about 30%. Right. And he uh, he probably lost about 50% did when really? it was all done. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the last quarter, the last 25% that he let age for the last few months, he probably lost about 60% of that last 25%. Why, why does he lose that? Because of the moisture and the... Well, you're drying the moisture... Right. Then you're creating a crust on the outside. Mm-hmm. And so once you clean up that crust and that that mold and stuff off of it, mm-hmm. you're left with what you're left with, right. which is probably yeah. not a lot. Well, Dom, really outstanding. I mean, I, I wish you a lot of luck at uh, the festivals. And uh, I, I might have to come down there. How about you, Derek? Oh, definitely. I mean, the Italian Market Festival, yes. May 19th. And 20th. Mm-hmm. It's going to be such a great time. Lots of great food. Why don't you uh, give your address and anything else? Okay, so we're at 1019 South 9th Street, which is the corner of 9th and Kimball in the Italian market, just off of Washington Avenue, north of uh, Washington. And um, the Italian market is going to run from uh, Pat Steaks to uh, Fitzwater Street, runs from park to park. And there's lots of great food. There's meatballs, sausage, cannolis. No barbecue, though, right? 
<laughs> no, no barbecue. Maybe that's something I should do. No, <laughs> maybe I'll invite you next there year. You invite but, us next year. <laughs> yeah. So, and you, you'll get uh, raviolis and uh, gelato and oh, chocolate-covered bacon. Oh, man. And road trip? Sounds like a road yeah. trip. In the Isgro pastries. Oh, boy, you got me Some there. of our Mexican friends will have their pineapples and their tacos. And it sounds to me they oh. just need a little bit of uh, live entertainment, and we've got the perfect person. Yes, we do. Online with us, and oh, she was so kind to uh, grace us with that fantastic song that we uh, started to show off. I go crazy. Uh, we have Nancy Siriani online with us, and uh, we're talking about this is a busy weekend next weekend. We got the Italian Market Festival the 19th and 20th. Nancy's coming in town playing an, acu- an acoustic set with guitar player extraordinaire John Lauder at Susan Robbins Rhythm and Verse Salon. Friday night, May 18th. So you can get into the mood a little bit, Nancy, sing a little songs. And if you're still going to be in uh, Philly, maybe you can go over to the Italian market. But before you get to the Italian market, more important, we want to make sure everybody goes Friday night, May 18th to Susan Robbins Rhythm and Verse Salon. And you're going to be there. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your appearance and about yourself? Um, hi. Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. It's um, our pleasure. This is our first time, uh, this is our first time down at this a particular thing, and it's a uh, reminds me of a house concert. But and I've done a lot of house concerts, but it's it's not that. It's small, it's intimate, um, but it's not in somebody's house. It's at the Chestnut Hill Friends Meeting House, um, and there's like, it's kind of like a potluck uh, dinner. You have to have um, reservations because it's so intimate and small. And those can be uh, gotten from Rhythm and Verse Salon, all spelled out, uh, at gmail.com. That's how to get in touch with Susan Robbins. Um, but it's uh, it's like an old-fashioned, uh, like, salon, like, as in the center room in somebody's house with the piano. Oh, that sounds great. Um, yeah, it's really cool. I mean, I haven't played it before. I'm really interested to see, but there's going to be some poetry read. And I think some actors doing some uh, performance as well. So, I mean, th- th- this sounds and, like a full-service night. I mean, you're, you're going to have uh, a meal, a poetry, actors, music. Yeah. How yeah. could you obviously go wrong? I don't think you can go I don't wrong. Think you can. <laughs> the, the only thing is, can you can you get in because it's because it's kind of a small venue. But, now, uh, now the question. Yeah, we're really really looking forward to it. Now the question would be the food that they're serving because you are a total organic foodie. You consider yourself. Yes, you, I am. You grow it. You cook it. You even have a signature dish, Nan's Besto Pesto. Uh, I know. I'm sort of embarrassed about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've been. I have been growing. I mean, I, I've always had a garden. I don't remember a time when I didn't. I work for an organic farmer and work at an organic farmers market in the summer, so I'm, I'm really surrounded by it all the time. But I grow. I've been growing pesto. I mean, growing. I'm sorry, growing basil, and making my signature pesto for, I don't know, my entire adult life, which is long. <laughs> I heard you're only but, uh, yeah, 18. Somebody, somebody at one point said, oh, this is the best pesto I ever had. So, you know, pesto, pesto kind of stuck. But, I, yeah, I still make it, and I freeze it. And I I just came from um, – I actually just came from the Poconos. I was down in, in uh, Pennsylvania and uh, at a friend's birthday weekend, and I made – I took it out of the freezer, my pesto, 
and made a um, pasta pesto with grilled beets and turnips and uh, shrimp. Wow. Now, I mean, obviously, you're you're definitely into this this foodie thing and being organic. Do you get any of your musical inspiration from food do do you think like the music as they say grows on you it's coming organically there's a lot of terms that we can intermix with music and food uh does the yeah. food interplay into how you've created your music i don't think i have really thought of it that way but now that you say it uh i really think that um my music and less so my cds but my music and the people that I play with, uh, it's, it comes together very, very organically. And that's what's really cool. I, I'm, I think that at this Rhythm and Verse Salon this weekend, I think we're not even going to plug in. I think the people will be around us. Yeah. And there's nothing more organic than that. Than, Just going raw. Yeah. I mean, that's that's as real yeah. as you can get. I mean, a lot of music today yeah. is uh, so pretentious, it's it's pre-recorded with 20 different mixes going into the song and when you're taking music at its rawest form that's when it's most beautiful in my my opinion so uh i think i think but these days there's another side to that because when i've uh, played out my my whole life as well and i've done a lot of recording and when you get into the studio because you can it becomes bigger. It becomes more than uh, than what it was. Definitely, definitely. But in in the same vein, because of the internet, uh, I've been introduced to some music because I saw a video of a, a young girl sitting on the end of her bed, you know, mm-hmm. playing a song that just it is what it is in its in its raw form and that kind of um, that kind of talent and that that. The beauty of that kind of song just comes through, no matter what form it takes. But yeah. you can, you you know, that's that's got a lot of. Um, there's a lot of that out there as well, which I just love. I want to sit on my bed and record a song. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, yeah, that's, that's my my next my next thing. You, well, you've had quite a uh, storied and illustrious career. I mean, Woodstock, uh, Mountain Stage, New Song Music Festival, The Bottom Line. New York City, Whiskey, a go-go. I mean, how iconic is that uh, location? We are thrilled that you are coming to Philadelphia. And again, we want to thank you for thank that you. wonderful song to allow us to uh, start the show out with tonight. Why don't you give us any social medias, websites, or anything like that before you go? Uh, NancySeriani.com is my website. It needs work. It's, it's, <laughs> it says it all, but I don't have a whole lot of music on there. Uh, but that's coming. Um, but N A N C Y S I R I A N N I at Nancy Seriani is Twitter. I have a, a Facebook page. Um, and yeah, get in touch. Perfect. I would love to. Uh, I'd love to make some some new friends. Thank you so much. And uh, after you're done with us, uh, this is a little inside joke. Run two houses down and just keep ringing the doorbell and run back home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring a, a, a bag and put it on the step and light it on fire. <laughs> there, a bag of what? There you go, Nancy. Thank you so much for calling <laughs> in. Have, have a great night. <laughs>
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. Bye-bye. She was fun. That was that was quite a that, thrill. Yeah. And uh, talking about thrills, I think a lot of people had uh, maybe too many thrills yesterday. Because if, of me, right? Well, yeah, because of you. If, if they weren't behaving themselves with uh, uh, Cinco de Mayo. But uh, thinking about that sort of uh, food and region, we have the perfect person online with us, Chef Eddie Hernandez, who was born in Monterrey, Mexico, and is the executive chef of Taqueria del Sol. And more importantly, he has a fantastic book, which we have here in studio, Turnip Greens and Tortillas, A Mexican Chef Spices Up the Southern Kitchen. How's it going uh, tonight, Chef? I'm doing really, really good. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You're quite the uh, entertainer, and you've been nominated, James Beard, uh, for your uh, restaurant and uh, how you came about with the book. It's a long story. <laughs> I, I actually, I came from Mexico to the U.S. in 1974 to Houston because I wanted to be a rock and roll famous guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think all the chefs uh, want to be musicians at some point in their life. And I just happened to stumble into cooking and it worked out a lot better. <laughs> so you, you were able to make more money with cooking than you than you were with the music. And I actually got to travel too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that that's the best of uh, both worlds. Now you are responsible for some of the most popular and exciting food coming out of Georgia and Tennessee. I mean, you have accolades coming from Bon Appetit, USA Today, even. Even Martha Stewart chimed in and said, you will wait in line, but the food is worth it. How exciting was that to hear from Martha Stewart? I, I mean, she's a great customer and a wonderful uh, human being. I mean, we like her. She doesn't ask for favors. She went in line just like everybody else. Uh, never throw in the fact that she is who she is. And we like her for that, you know. And she asked me for a recipe, not personally, but one of the managers. <laughs> and now she's got it on the book. <laughs> she can have it anytime she wants to. <laughs> Chef, I have a question for you. <clears throat> it's Glenn. Uh, I'm going through the book, and your forte is Mexican, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. My forte is barbecue. I'm looking at a recipe in here, oven-baked Memphis-style ribs. How does that fit into Mexican? Uh -huh. <laughs> and then also Nashville hot chicken tacos. Well, he is they, doing a Mexican Southern flair. Okay, yeah, okay, I got that. Okay, Let's see, I, I, but it just it just struck me as funny. I just because. <laughs> well, that's why he's become so popular because most people are looking at one or the other, but he's been able to incorporate both into his style, mm -hmm. and that's what's really uh, setting Chef Eddie Eddie apart. Now, also. You, as Chef, as uh, Glenn was mentioning, you some of the recipes, I mean, chicken green chili pot pie, poblano corn chowder with shrimp, cheeseburger tacos, shrimp and grits my way. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> What's the best seller? I, well, I, I can tell you a little bit about it. You know, it's, it's like he was asking about the breeds. 
Well, they're so hard to, if you don't have a big smoker, to do it that way. So I developed another way to make it my home and in our You know, barbecue sauce is so easy to make, it's not even funny. I can make barbecue sauce in five minutes. But the idea behind the book was that for the longest time, I've been trying to offer people a choice on food. We know what, you know, what turn of greens are, and, and everybody knows how to cook him. Their mama made, and their grandmother made the best turn of greens. Well, I, I don't want to be better than your grandma or anybody else's grandma, but I do want to offer you a choice by modifying the recipe, and now you can have turnip greens a little bit different. I mean, we like a good hamburger, but when you run into hamburger that is different than the other one, you really want to have it every now and then. So the book is it's about providing a choice for everybody, not not just for one person, but for everybody. That way, everybody can can do whatever they want, you know. Yeah, and I mean, actually making the recipes. Yeah, where, where you can cook it, anybody can cook it. Oh yeah, I mean, and that's the beauty of it. If you don't like one page, just flip over to the next, and you'll probably and you'll probably like that one. I mean, it, it's a beautiful cookbook. Uh, tell us a little bit about your. You are born in Mexico. Tell us the differences about uh-huh. Cinco de Mayo in Mexico as opposed to America, because uh, from what we hear, there are two completely sort of uh, celebrations depending upon which country you're in. <laughs> you are exactly right. I mean, think of the Mayo in the United States. It's a party day, kind of like St. Patrick's. You know, we're not even Irish. But we celebrate St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> and a lot of people are Mexican, but they do celebrate Cinco de Mayo. I think of the Mayo is one of the things that I wanted to spend on the book as well, was that we were ruled by the French. We had um, Emperor Maximiliano, who ruled Mexico for many, many years. And Cinco de Mayo, this is what Cinco de Mayo kicks in. On, a, on Mayfield, in the Battle of Puebla, we kicked the French out of the country. Well, it was not even a contest, so nobody make a big deal about it. Until this day, it's remembered as the Battle of Puebla, but it's not a national holiday. So it's just another day. Yeah, I mean, and it, it, you just leave it to the Americans to to have a day and completely flip it upside down of what the true meaning of the day. <laughs> uh, hey, but it's a it's a good reason to party, so I'm not going to complain to whine about. <laughs> Welcome Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely you good. Give me a couple. Of, you give me a couple of. Give me a couple of very palmers. I'll celebrate. Cinco, seis, siete, ocho de mayo. So tell us about the uh, cookbook. How did you come up with all of the recipes in there? Did you collaborate with anyone? Are these family recipes, uh, or is it just you took something that was authentic and and put the Southern flair into it you, your own way by yourself? Yeah, I work. I work both ways. I, I got some southern recipes and, and you know Mexicanize them a little bit. Then I modified some Mexican recipes with southern influence to it. And you know just mash up the cultures and create something else. Uh, all the recipes were developed by me. However, to some packet who wrote the book with me, I had her test every single recipe in her kitchen just to make sure that they anybody can make them at their home. 
Yeah, I didn't kind of, you know, uh, test recipe people, you know. I had a couple of ladies who so wonderful who kept working with me in the test when I do demos and, and things like that. They tried some of the recipes as well, and everybody concluded that they, they were easy to manufacture. Angie Moshier from the Kerry Georgia shot the pictures from the book, uh, and it's somebody that I really wanted to choose the book and you know, it's nothing against New York. I just wanted to have our local people work on my book. It's important to me that local people work with their communities and that we can try to get everybody involved and to create something wonderful. Uh, Susan Packard is a wonderful writer. She was the uh, um, the food editor for the Atlanta Journal. She has a couple of books for sale. And it was really easy to work for, with her. Yeah. Not necessarily all the time. I do want to pull her head off sometimes, but <laughs> it's a process of making a book, you know, yeah. and you have to pull each other's brain a little bit sometimes, and, and that's how you make a good book, I think. Well, I'm going to tell you what, you may have uh, fought back and forth of who you were going to pick to work with you on this book, but uh, you chose exactly all the right people. Because the book, the cookbook is fantastic and you couldn't ask for more. We want to make sure that everyone goes out and gets turnip greens and tortillas. A Mexican chef spices up the southern kitchen from Chef Eddie Hernandez. Eddie, it was a pleasure talking to you. Feel free to share any social medias, websites, or events before you go. Yes. Uh, Instagram is uh, the initial for Tagaria del Sol. CDS and the numbers one through nine. Uh, on Twitter, at Chef135. Facebook, Eddie Hernandez. Thank you so much. Thanks, I should thank, I should thank, I should thank Bagman from New York. She's a wonderful, wonderful media person. Yes. And she put everything together. Exactly. Well, it, it, it was great. Thank you so much for calling in. I hope to talk to you again soon. Take it easy, Chef. Thank you for having me, Derek. I love it. Oh, no problem. Thank you. Well, from one great event of uh, Cinco de Mayo for a big party yesterday, we have another fantastic event. It's one busy weekend. Yes, uh, it is. In uh, two weekends coming up. By the way, did you know that uh, May is National Barbecue Month? Yeah, I did. So you must be in all your hog. all my glory. You're in hog glory. Hog (laughs) heaven. heaven. As they say. (laughs) Oh, you're so funny. (laughs) Well, talking about heaven, you just may think you've got there. Saturday, May 19th at the second annual All-Star Craft Beer and Wine Festival at Citizens Bank Park. And we have the perfect person online with us, Ray Sheehan. He is the event organizer. How's it going there tonight, Ray? Hey guys, thanks for having me on. I don't know how, how I follow up this call with our last guest. <laughs> well, Ray, come on, man. It's Glenn. You got to start uh, by answering questions. That's all. Exactly. Well, the, 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 the history. Obviously, you guys sold out last year. Tell us a little bit about the history of All Star Craft. Uh, beer, wine, and cocktail festival. How did this event come about? Yeah, so we've we've all probably gone to a, a tasting event where there's craft beer, wine, and cocktails. And what we wanted to do is said, hey, that's an awesome concept. Love going to those events. There's amazing brands. So for a consumer, you're able to get intimate with things you might not have tried before. We thought, why not add an extra layer? And why not do this event at Citizens Bank, Citizens Bank Park, home of the Philadelphia Phillies, and where could you really find a better backdrop? And let's not only give the consumer 
some amazing beer, wine, and cocktails. Well, let's let them do some things that they wouldn't be able to normally do at a tasting event where they can run the bases and take a selfie in the dugout. So that's really how that's how it started. It was just the the event that we promoted, we've done ourselves, and then we kind of wanted to take that idea and kind of put it on steroids. <laughs> and and as you mentioned, I mean, it's. Uh, headlined as Philadelphia's largest and most well-attended craft beer and wine festival ever. How is it that you guys are heads and shoulders above the rest of uh, the pack uh, regarding festivals? You know what it is? Trust me, there's, there are some amazing events out there. So, you know, I would say that, you know, we just take a little bit of what other people are doing. You know, it's there's some amazing promoters in the market. Um, we like to think that our event is amazing. That's kind of why we framed it as the all-star, um, which means, hey, let's find the best brands. Let's really figure out who are those all-star brands. And whether you're a wine or maybe you're a vodka or a rum or a bourbon or you're a craft beer, let's aggregate all those top brands and let's all bring them to one place and that place being citizens bank park exactly because uh you guys have over 200 vendors over eleven thousand people attended last year and more importantly uh should be mentioned that fans will also receive free parking and a voucher for two phillies tickets uh in the in the future and to also get their picture taken in the phillies dugout while also you've expanded 50% 50% larger than last year to provide attendees with more space to walk around and hang out with everybody and have fun. So uh, congratulations on the amazing success of it. Now, uh, tell us, discuss the unique vendors and the variety of beer brands and entertainment here this year. Yeah, so you're going to find, you're going to have your, call it your local brands. Um, these are brands that you would find in New Jersey or in Pennsylvania. And then you're going to have more of your kind of regional players. Um, and then in addition to that, you're going to have some more of your well-known kind of like call it your global brands there. Um, so I like to think, and you mentioned, there's going to be literally over 200 different brands there. So I, I think we've done a really good job of making sure that, hey, there's some amazing guys and girls in and around the area that are doing a really good job. I mean, they're just coming out with some solid product. We need to make sure that they're clearly represented there. But then there's just some favorites that people just have where they go to the local state store, liquor store, or beer distributor that they just know, and they need to be there as well. And then you have some brands that you just might not ever been exposed to. Um, and that's really the beauty of these events of really just coming out and trying something. And there's going to be certain things that just, you know, just whatever reason you're just not into. But then you're going to try that one thing. You're like, oh, my gosh, this was just absolutely delicious. That beer or that one I had was just really fantastic. And that's what makes these events really just kind of amazing. It's You have those local favorites. You have some of those regional favorites. Then you have some of those global brands. And then you have some that you've just really never experienced before. And you're able to get intimate with so many different things and that's what really makes this event really really unique oh without a doubt so you, you get to have all of those amazing uh, different beverages that you may have never had or they're extremely rare and also this year the yard the yard will be open glenn which attendees can take a swing at the Phillies' new Wiffle Ballpark wow okay home run glenn. that's very cool grand slam me 
No. I don't. <laughs> Derek. Uh, you look at Derek, you know he can't even hit a wiffle ball. <laughs> and also, you can even shoot some hot dogs from the Hatfield Hot Dog Launcher. Hot diggity wow. dog. Four DJs, two Acousto duos will also amp up the crowd. And the Phillies versus Cardinal game will be airing live on a giant 1,500-foot screen and dozens of screens throughout the ballpark to provide a true all-star experience. So you definitely have an all-star experience. Cool. We, we sure hope that you're uh, giving back and paying it forward. Is this festival benefiting any organizations? Yes, you have. And thank you. I really appreciate the coverage here, guys. And I really hope your audience can come out. You, you mentioned one important thing. It's the value. You know, we've, we've all gone to events before, and there's a lot of events. And to me, the events that are like, wow, this is really world-class, is just you go to the event, you have no issues getting in, and then you really feel as though you got the value. And I think you guys really hit on that, and I'm glad you did that with the free parking. Every ticket comes with two free Phillies tickets. And then, like you mentioned, you're able to do all these really cool things at the ballpark. And then one thing I truly love, nothing like having a good time while doing good. And you're right, a portion of the proceeds go back to the uh, bar can. Healing Hearts Foundation. I'm sure everyone knows Michael Barkan. He's a TV radio personality. He does some amazing things within the community. Uh, the best thing about supporting a community like that, the funds stay in the community. So not that I have anything against, you know, some more of the, the, the national um, charity organizations, but with the Barkan Healing Hearts Foundation, you just know that anything you're donating, anything you're supporting is staying right here in the community. And then we also have the FOP as one of our beneficiaries and just really just taking care of the guys and girls in blue of keeping us safe. So, yeah, so it's a, you're going to have some fun, but at least, you know, you're, you're going out, you're having a good time while doing good as well. That's great. And, uh, I heard that this uh, event is selling faster than an Aaron Nola fastball, but what do (laughs) attendees need to know about the logistics, getting their tickets, parking shuttles, hotels, anything else from you? Yeah. So with, uh, yeah. So obviously, we want to promote uh, a drinking responsibly message. So the good thing with it being down in South Philadelphia, you have access to public transportation, uh, subway, uh, the SEPTA line. So um, you can clearly take SEPTA down there. We have a strategic partnership with Lyft and Uber. If you go to ballparkfestival.com, uh, you'll see all that information there. The parking, you're right, it is absolutely free. You'll see the lots down there that are adjacent to Citizens Bank Park. So um, if one of your friends wants to be a designated driver, and we do have a designated driver ticket uh, for so if one of your uh, friends decides they want to kind of sit on the sidelines that day and just kind of just take in the ballpark, uh, there will be free parking. And really the, the consumer can just expect just an amazing day. Um, forget about just the beer and the wine and the craft cocktails, but there's going to be that. But then Aramark has really stepped up their game down at the ballpark. And I, I'm sure Glenn can attest to this. This isn't just going there and eating hot dogs and hamburgers anymore. They've really stepped up their game. So there will be the concessions open. And like we mentioned, you'll actually be able to get onto the field and walk the bases and walk around the warning track and really experience the ballpark like you've never done before. You know, if we think about it, I mean, go and watch a game. It's like you park, you run in, you get your ticket, you grab your stuff, you run in your seat, and the attention is on the field because you're watching a game. Now it's reversed, and you're able to walk around Citizen Bank Park, and you're going to see things, you're going to do things that you've just never done before because generally when you're at the ballpark, you're there, and the attention is really what's going on in the field, and now it's the complete opposite. So it's, it's just a totally different experience. 
So there'll be a lot of different things going on, a lot of different surprises. The event did sell out last year. So, yeah, you're right. Um, if this is something that you are interested in attending, um, my suggestion would be to get tickets as soon as possible um, so you can experience this. And like I mentioned, if you go to ballparkfestival.com, uh, tickets are on their VIP GA and that designated driver ticket, like I mentioned. <clears throat> hey, Ray, it's Glenn. How you doing, buddy? What's up, dude? Not much. How about yourself? <laughs> let, me, let me just say that <clears throat> I've known Ray for a while, and I do a lot of events with Ray, and he runs a first-class event. Well, it's shown. It, uh, no, I, you know, I mean, uh, restaurant festival. I mean, just classic, well-run, great events. And I, I, I don't see how this can't be another success. Are you besides Aramark? You having food there? Other food? Well, except for that one event where you saved my behind in VIP. Uh huh. <laughs> Yeah, there, there you go. That's a story for another day. Yes, it is. But are, so, are you having food vendors also, or, or just Aramark? Yeah, un, un, unfortunately, we won't have. Like, in Glenn's right. Generally, when we do our events, we'll bring out food trucks and we'll bring out other vendors, and that and that's where I had the opportunity to meet uh, Glenn and Fat Jackson. If anyone <laughs> barbecue, Fat Jackson's absolutely. Freaking amazing! They're fantastic. <laughs> oh, please! Your his head's about to explode. My, my headphones just fell off. The guy's so big. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, Glenn? Unfortunately, we, we not unfortunately. Our mark's been amazing. They're great oh, they, they've so stepped up. They got to play nice. They really have. They have. The food down there is is, is delicious. Um, so no, um, out of respect to them, we want to make sure that you know this is a win for everyone. So no, we won't be bringing in outside vendors like yourself and uh, food trucks and stuff like that. All the food and concessions will be handled by Aramark, and they, and they do an amazing job. They've really, really, really stepped up their game. Oh, well, I mean, it's yeah. it, it's Sorry. going to be an amazing event, and uh, we've even heard rumors that this might expand to other cities as successful as this has been. That is correct. We are uh, actually, we launched Pittsburgh this week, so... We are in Pittsburgh on Saturday, August 11th at PNC Park, home of the, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, we're having other conversations in parallel to that with a couple other clubs uh, throughout the U.S. So we feel like we have a good brand. Uh, we feel like we have some amazing partners. And the idea is that, hey, let's take this concept and let's bring this event to some other you know areas um, because craft beer and wine and cocktails, you know, as you guys know, this space is growing. Uh, consumers, their flavor profiles are changing, and we're just curious creatures. Um, so the, the model works. It's a fantastic event, and if it works in Philadelphia, there's no reason why it wouldn't work in Pittsburgh and a couple other markets throughout the U.S. So, yeah, we're excited about that. All right. Cool. Well, Ray Sheehan, the event organizer for the second annual All-Star Craft Beer and Wine Festival at Citizens Bank Park, Saturday, May 19th. Get your tickets now. It was a pleasure talking to you. Have a great night. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. Hey, Ray, no take problem. care, pal. Give me Man. a call when you have a second. South Philly is the place to be right, that weekend. Yes, Saturday, May 19th, uh, Citizens Bank Park, and you have the Italian Market yep. Festival, the 19th and 20th. South Philly, South how Philly, you, South Philly. How do you make Come a choice? Come on down. Oh, it's, it, it's everywhere. But talking about how do you make a choice. That was a great segue. Wasn't maybe it? we could have a computer look at all of the data and choose it for us. Maybe. 
And we have the perfect person online with us. Who today. would that be? That would be, I'll probably get the last name incorrect. Uh, of course you will, because you Jen, don't know Jen Choi of Code Speak Labs. And uh, they have just issued a children's storybook for kids to learn computer coding concepts. How's it going there tonight, Jen? Going great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. <laughs> now, uh, Glenn's just biting at the bit to see if I pronounced your name correctly. Did he correctly. get your name right? Oh, close, close. 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 <laughs> there's, there's, a couple extra, there's a couple extra vowels there. So. You're batting a no, thousand. No <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So as we mentioned, uh, you're coming out uh, with uh, computer coding concepts. This is really something that we can get the whole family involved with to, to have a meal, make it a night, have the children come sit down and learn these sort of things because it's more important than ever for our children to learn these concepts because it's truly a second language these days because everything is digital and all of the job requirements and the majority of high-tech industry is demanding for them to be well-versed in this. How did you come up with the concept to base it towards children? Tell us a little bit about CodeSpeak Labs and the book. Yeah, so CodeSpeak Labs, we um, existed before the book came out and we were doing computer science education for kids, um, in-person classes um, during school and after school, um, because ex exactly the point that you raised is is what was concerning to me, which is basically that um, technology is such a huge part of our everyday lives, and yet most people, and certainly most kids, don't actually understand how technology works. You know, they can mindlessly play games, they can be passive users, but we really want kids to be creators of technology, you know, who can kind of control their environment and ultimately, you know, the world that, that you know, they're going to create and grow up in. Um, and so um, we've been teaching kids in the classroom, you know, thousands of kids, and, um, and, and we found that the earlier that you teach them, the easier it is. And, you know, I don't know if you ever tried to learn a foreign language as an adult, uh, but I haven't. It's really, really hard um, because, you know, just when you're older, um, just picking up on on just, you know, boring different concepts is, is really difficult. And so um, it really is easier for kids um, learning the language of computers and what's called computer coding or their own life. And, and I, um, I have two kids myself. Um, they're four and two. And so I was just kind of playing around um, with stories and just I found that they love me um, reading to them. Um, my older son enjoys reading himself now. And it's just a great way to introduce concepts. And so, um, you know, especially with the younger kids, you want to be sensitive around screen time. And so, um, I, you know, I just thought that a book would be um, a great way to get them thinking about the logic side um, without needing them to, you know, be typing on a computer yet. What, uh, what age range uh, do you handle here? Yeah, so the book itself has three different stories, um, and so they can kind of grow with your child. Um, the, the, the level one story is basically around kind of pre-K through grade one. Um, the level two story is kind of uh, pre-K to grades two or three, and then the third story is more kind of first grade through third grade. Um, and um, I, I, I will say, though, like, you know, we'll, we'll read, do readings of the books in mixed-age classrooms. Like, you know, younger kids will still, like, 
enjoy the fun of the story because it's meant to be entertaining as as a good kid book is. They just won't understand kind of the deeper lessons in them yet um, for the kind of higher level stories. And the the book is fantastic. I mean, uh, I have a copy of How to Turn Your Grown-Up into a Robot and other coding stories. And you hit the concepts, as I should say, right on the nose. And my son is five, and he particularly likes the part of turning me into a robot where he has to hit my nose in order to turn me off and <laughs> on. So, but the way that you phrased it and made it for a child to be able to grasp the concepts and be excited to want to learn, congratulations. And uh, we wish you uh, the best of luck because it's quite an important conversation that needs to be had uh, in education these days in America because we are being bypassed by so many countries with technology training and these kids coming out of school and not being ready for the global economy. So it's a fantastic uh, book that you have. I encourage all parents to go out and buy it. It's it's an important, important subject that we're talking about these days. And I sure hope that you can turn more and more schools into onto this subject so that uh, students can learn about this. Uh, thank you so much for calling in. Please give us your social media or website or anything like that before you go. Yeah, and I'm so glad to hear your five-year-old love the book. I'm, 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 I'm so excited. Like, you know, we're educators, but, you know, it, to be really successful at education, got to be an entertainer too. So love, love, love the fact that he enjoyed it. Um, so, yeah, so we're at toastbeglabs.com. If you go on Facebook, we're Crispy Labs, and you can order the book on our website. Um, I really appreciate you having me. Oh, it was our pleasure. Thank you so much. And as I said, uh, we we only wish you the best of luck to get the word out to all the schools and all the kids. Have a great night. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Now, talking about other important subjects, we have the perfect person online. I wonder who that is. Chef Barbie Marshall, the most influential chef as named by Cooking Light Magazine. And she's on hey, y'all, hey. all the hot happenings around Philadelphia. The most influential chef where, though? In Pennsylvania. Right. Pennsylvania. Well, we'll call it the galaxy. I was going to say in the world. <laughs> How's it going tonight, Chef Barbie? I feel like a guardian of the galaxy now. <laughs> you got a promotion. Congratulations. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So this week was kind of busy. Um, the Uptown Beer Garden opened up this week, and it was really crowded. They got a, They launched a new menu. They have all new beers. Um, it's just really like that space is wonderful, especially the day it opened. The sun was shining. It was 90 degrees outside. I asked a couple people how they even figured out it was opening day, and they were like, it was so beautiful. They just Googled where the closest beer garden to work was, which is between 17th and 18th on market. And quickly, quickly, not to interrupt you, tomorrow's a big event at Uptown Beer Garden, Culinary Fight Club. Culinary Fight Club. Absolutely. So a lot of competitors, some well-known, doing a burger battle at the beer at the beer garden tomorrow. So you know you can find your tickets on Eventbrite, and it's going to be really really fun. I'll be there covering. I'm not judging. I'm not competing. Isn't that the best? Just to have fun. Well, you know, just to to tell everybody what's going on. Exactly. Um, What else did I do this week, Derek? Oh, my gosh. It was so busy. I actually have to look at my photos. Uh, I think you were probably around the terminal a little bit. 
I was in Reading Terminal. Um, I did go there. I got to eat at Beck's Cajun Cafe. Um, I'm going to tell you, I haven't had a beignet in a long time, and I was really, 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 really pleasantly surprised to have beignets and coffee at the terminal, but, you know, I didn't just have that. I had some gator gumbo and uh, just po' boys, just all the, all, just all of your favorite Louisiana dishes just prepared right in the middle of Philadelphia. And I also went to Margarita Rumble at the Piazza Schmidt, which was Absolutely fantastic. Um, I figured out probably about the second session. Like, I, I often wonder, like, who goes to these things? You missed it this year, but next year, it's like the perfect singles mixer because all of the margaritas were delicious. Mostly single people are there, and you get to meet a whole bunch of fun people and new friends, and maybe you'll pick up someone, like, you, you know, that you possibly want to date. I didn't, but... And the more you, know, you drink, the I more friends know. you can pick yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I, I, so, yeah. I, I hear Barbie just chuckling yeah, back there. Can you hear that? What you got? What she said? She didn't meet anybody there. You heard that? Yeah. Now, uh, also, she went to uh, a lair the other night uh, and had a good time. A lair? The lair on Friday night. How come you she know? Doesn't, she doesn't. She, she knows. Uh, uh, with oh oh yes but okay i wasn't supposed to be covering that no you weren't covering but you can just give a shout out and say it was fun darn it chef barbie it was fun it was fun it was it was so the um the first friday of every month punch media has like a networking event which is really great because like if you're in pr or social media or you know, happen to be a contributor to a radio show, then you get to network with everybody and find out what events are coming up. There you go. Cool. See, and you are in the know. Yes, she is. And you've got quite a few events uh, coming up this week, but it is Mother's Day next Sunday, so we want you and all of your family to enjoy Mother's Day, as we know how hard mothers work every single day of the year. So fill us in on all of your happenings in two weeks. Absolutely will. Thank you so much, Chef Barbie. Have yourself a great night. Take it easy, Barb. You guys too. What a show, Glenn. Yeah, it was a very good show. Jan, and you were good too. Wow, I try. I, I learn from the best, Glenn. Thank I can you, only thank hope you. that hey. one day I can be as great as you. Uh, you know, you'll never be as great as me. Just so you know. <laughs> oh, no, well, sure, Glenn, it's the end of the show. Oh, Dominic, <laughs> let's go around. Give all your information one more time. We were so thrilled to have you in again. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. It's Capuccio's Meats. We're in the Italian market on the corner of 9th and Kimball, uh, just north of Washington Avenue. And you can reach us at uh, any social media, Facebook, Instagram, Capuccio's Meats, uh, and CapuccioSmeats.com. And that's the creamy version of Dominic. The creamy. That's yes. creamy, right. That's the creamy. Hey, uh, Glenn Gross, I own Fat Jack's Barbecue. Uh, find us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, uh, <laughs> social Google. media, the, Google it. fatjacks.net. Google us, you'll find us. And we also had John Howard Fusco, uh, Nancy Siriani, uh, Chef Eddie Hernandez, and Ray Sheehan of the second annual All-Star Craft Beer and Wine Festival and Jennifer of Code Speak Labs. And I'm Derek Tim of BlueJeanFood.com. This is Small Bites. We're live Sundays on WildfireRadio.com at 6.35 p.m. or tune in worldwide the following day on all your Apple products on iTunes or just download us 
the following day with whatever, yeah. whatever you want to do. That's what I do. And we end the show like we always do with a joke of the week from the legendary joke teller, Jackie, Jackie the, the Joke, joke Man, Man Martlin. Martlin. Hi, I'm Jackie Martling, and this is Small Bites. A drunk comes stumbling out of a bar just as a woman is walking up to the bar with a chihuahua. The drunk bumps into her, and then he pukes all over the dog. <laughs> He looks down and says, I, I, I don't remember eating that. <laughs> <laughs>